What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling you stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. Uh, by the time you're probably listening to this, or by the time I post it, that is, I know a lot of you listen right off the bat when I post it at 5 in the morning. Um, I'll be on my way home. I'm just going home for a little while, see some family. Uh, just kind of hang out and do some do some other stuff. Help them around the house. Not a whole lot going on, um, other than our uh, softball and baseball team both won their respective region and then super regions, and they're both in the World Series for Division Two. That's pretty exciting. So I'm probably going to put them up on the television um, and be able to watch them from home. It'll be kind of a cool experience to do so. Uh, but anyway, I know this one's kind of a short one, and I'm kind of all right with that. And I'm sure you guys are as well. But um, if you can go ahead, whether you're new or you're returning and you haven't done it already, go over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. It helps out a ton in the way that the, the iTunes algorithm works. The show's growth could show up on a leaderboard someday. You never know. Um, and that way, that we believe that this is actually truly a resource. And if we're going to treat it uh, that way then uh, we need more people to hear about it, and the more you rate and review, they'll be able to see it just on their iTunes algorithm. You know, it could be like me. When I first started this, I uh, Googled SID podcast, and there was nothing. So maybe somebody is in that sort of situation, just wants something to listen to, uh, and they Google SID podcast, and boom, we pop up. So you never know. But if you want to reach out to me, you can via email at sportsinfocast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at sportsinfocast on both of those platforms. So we do have episode number 77 today of SIDcast. And Clark Tusher, uh, former St. Joe guy, I remember when we did an episode with Ken Badalak uh, back in October, November range. Uh, he mentioned his name as a former St. Joseph's College person. Uh, we'll talk about the closing of the school, how he feels about it. Um, and then we'll also talk about some some other stuff. He, he was a cross-country track coach. He's a cross-country guy. Uh, ironically, he did coach in my conference before taking the job at St. Joe, uh, my high school conference, that is, and uh, before I was able to get there. But, um, yeah, took the St. Joe job and then eventually needed a new challenge, so he moved on up to North Central College. We'll talk about the continuing education webinars and how he basically built that committee from scratch, uh, how he got involved with Cosida, what's next for him, etc. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll start off today at episode number 77 of SID, Council Clark Tusher of the North Central College Cardinals, and his very first take of sports information right here on SID Cast. Uh, probably the first indication that it was something that I could be good at uh, was my sophomore year of college. I took a class on sports reporting, and one of the requirements of the class was that you had to attend a sporting event on campus once a week and write about it. And it was a 10-point assignment, and the way it worked was if you were going to get less than like 6 out of 10 on it, you had to rewrite it. So the first assignment we get back, uh, professors handed them out. And he says that if you have to rewrite it, don't feel bad because typically about half the class has to rewrite the first one. So I don't know, I don't know what that means me or what's going on there. So I get mine back and it says nine out of 10 on it. So, and then the professor goes and tells me, I, the only reason I didn't give you 10 out of 10 is because I didn't want you to think you couldn't improve. So 
that was kind of my indication that, you know, this was something I thought was relatively easy that other people were having a hard time with. So based off of what I did in that class, I was able to get a position as a stringer with the local newspaper and I was covering high school football and basketball games um, that kind of rendered me ineligible from doing much with the sports information office at St. Joe's uh, because if I'm attending as a writer for another publication, I can't really do, you know, the things that the sports information director needs done. Uh, plus, I was competing in cross country and track and field, so a lot of my weekends were eaten up for that. So um, I did that through to um, end, the end of college. Uh, my senior year, uh, the folks at the student newspaper on campus asked me if I'd get involved with them, and I said I wouldn't do it unless they made me the sports editor. So they made me the sports editor, and so I got into you know some some page layout and design and things like that. Um, Pursued uh, some postgraduate positions uh, after college. Nothing really panned out. I got a job offer uh, from a guy who I used to run track with at, at St. Joe's um, at the Times Mail newspaper in Bedford, Indiana. I uh, was there for a little over two years, uh, focusing mainly on the 10 high schools that they cover in the area. Um, some coverage of Indiana University, they let some of the more experienced guys handle that. Um, but I was also doing you know, scheduling uh, for the department, you know, a lot of you know personnel stuff, all all the boring stuff that managers have to do. Uh, so that would enable me to to get some some foundational experience for for what happened later on. Um, in the fall of two thousand two, um, the guy who had been uh, the SID at St. Joe's, his name is Joe Danahay. He's uh, he left that job for San Francisco State. He's now at Concordia University Portland, uh, up in Oregon. Uh, but he had left right after the start of the academic year, so they were in a bit of a pinch. Uh, so Bill Mossels, my coach at uh, St. Joe, who had since been promoted to athletic director, uh, reached out to see if I was interested. And I went up and uh, interviewed and all that and, and got hired in October of 2002. Um, I was the solo contact uh, for about 18 varsity sports, uh, had other administrative duties within their department. Uh, was there until the summer of 2008. Um, uh, the position here at North Central came open. Uh, I knew it carried a full-time assistant with it, which was a huge draw for me. Uh, the fact that it's such a prominent uh, cross-country and track and field uh, powerhouse at the national level certainly was an appeal for me. I thought it would be an ideal fit having had that in my background. Um, and so I've been here for – I'm finishing up my 10th year, um, and, and and here here I am. So. Perfect. So let's go back kind of to a couple of things that you said. I kind of want to go through that whole experience with you. So I told you a little bit off air about my St. Joe visit. So what was it about St. Joe that kind of drew you there? Well, I'm from a small town myself. Um, and as you know, you know Rensselaer's, you know, roughly 5,000 people before the students move in. Um, so in that sense, it was an easy transition because it was, it was a setting that I was familiar with. Mm. Um, and uh, in terms of, of athletics, it was a place I felt like I would be challenged, but I felt like um, it was it was an environment where you can you can be as good as you're willing to, to try to be. Um, and I, I felt like, you know, the thing that drew me to, to cross country and track and field at the beginning with is you, you can you get out of it what you put into it. If you if you put the work in, then you get the rewards. It's, it's a, uh, you don't have to depend on, you know, teammates and things like that. Uh, but it's, it's really just about how hard you're willing to work. And uh, I felt uh, a good connection uh, with, with Coach there, and 
you know, he's the kind of guy that, that I probably needed at that time. Um, that's going to, you know, be tough on you when he needs to be tough on you. But at the same time, you know, once you get to a certain point, you are allowed to have a little bit of ownership over, over what you're doing from day to day. So, um, I, I just felt like it was a really good fit for me for where I was. And it was an easy transition to, uh, you know, we have all the lifestyle changes that come with going to college, but in terms of, uh, the kind of environment that it was, the kind of community it was, it was, it was very similar. So it was an easy transition for me. Speaking of transitions, um, like you said, you never had the chance of being in the sports information office, uh, since you were doing stuff with a paper and then you were also on the cross country track team. Um, first it's kind of a two-pronged question and we'll start off with kind of what did it mean for you to come back and be able to work for your alma mater well i i thoroughly enjoyed my experience there as a student and as an athlete so it was a real opportunity for me to give back to that a little bit um and the relationships that you build with people in the faculty people around campus people that work there um you know it was really it was really kind of a home type of atmosphere for me um so it was it was a chance to to kind of be a part of that experience for for some other people and and to do it you know within you know an area that I was already interested in and and, and doing things that I like to do so uh, it was very much motivated by the experience I had there as a student. So now that you come back and, and you're in the sports information office, uh, what were some things that maybe you had to learn? I mean, what did you do in, in your first day on the job? Uh, well, the first day we had, I got there on a Tuesday and we had a home football game on the Saturday. So I had to learn how, where to send the program to get printed, what goes in the program. Um, this thing called stat crew, um, <laughs> and, you know, setting up a press box, things like that. Um, you know, if, if that was the only thing I had to do, it would have been a very stressful week, but it wasn't. I had a whole lot of other things to do between moving and all those other things. So um, that, that week was very, very busy. Um, and when it came time for game day, uh, we played uh, Quincy University was our opponent in that game. And the SID was a guy named Ryan Dowd. And he was actually on their radio broadcast and was willing to step away from his broadcast during the game to help me out with some things with, with stat crew because I was going through it for the first time. Uh, and so that was that was a very gracious act by him. To, to kind of help me out that, that first time. And, and one of, one of very, very many, uh, experiences where, uh, I've been able to count on the help of other SIDs, uh, to get a job done. So that was, that was kind of the, the first week was really kind of a whirlwind, uh, because of, of, of everything that was going on at that time. What about moving forward? I mean, what were some other things that you kind of had to learn or maybe some things that you, you found easy? Well, I definitely had to learn how to, how to delegate responsibility, not only who you can delegate it to, but it, in, in what stages you have to do that. Um, it was, it was very difficult and it's something I still had to do, um, here at North central going from being a single person office to, to having a staff to manage. So, you know, over the course of doing, I probably have been doing that constantly, you know, even, even now we're, we're changing the way that we, um, the way that we onboard students, the way we delegate responsibilities, the way we decide who's going to do what in the office. Uh, I think that was a real transition and continues to be a bit of a transition. Um, the, the easy part of it was the writing for me always. Uh, that was an area where I, I never had an issue putting, putting that kind of, uh, 
information into context and, and, and being able to, to make it something that, that people can get pay attention to and get excited about, whether you're a student or an alumnus or, or a parent or whatever part of the audience that you are. Um, I think the fact that I had such a good handle on that part of it, it made it easier to focus on some of the other things. My, my instincts as a sports writer uh, definitely were an advantage uh, getting started. Let's move on to, to the job came open at North Central. And you kind of mentioned a big draw to it was having a system. But, I mean, what was life like at that time? What was the, how was the interview process? Uh, I mean, can you spare no detail as far as that's concerned? Uh, yeah. the um, Like, I saw it come up. And, I mean, I had gotten to the point at St. Joe where I, feel, I felt like I was ready for a new challenge. Uh, it was certainly nothing that anybody was doing there. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't breaking down the doors to get out. But you, know, you always want to make sure that you're, you're, you're keeping an eye out for, for that next opportunity. Um, and I, in my research, uh, before I decided to apply, it looked like a place that for all its success still didn't quite know how to communicate how successful it was in athletics. They were treating it kind of as a wing of the PR office, which, you know, there's, there's a place for public relations instincts and sports information. And then there's a place where it, it transitions into something else. And I think they, they were missing that kind of knowledge area. And I felt like I could fill it. Um, I also felt like they had a lot of room to improve in their web presence, um, which you know, I, I had redesigned the St. Joe website a couple of times. So I'd been through that process. Uh, and so I felt like, you know, they, they were good, but they could be better. And I, I felt like I could make them better. So, uh, I came up and interviewed, I actually interviewed twice. I'm not sure why I had to interview twice, but nobody will really tell me that. I don't know if anybody was just like not sold on me at first or what, but, um, <laughs> Uh, went through two rounds of interviews um, and then got hired uh, late June, and I was up here in early July. Um, so a, a far less stressful uh, move than it was moving in October uh, of 2002 for sure. Awesome. Um, I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm just curious, and you can give me as little or, or as much as you want. Uh, St. Joe closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that? What does that mean for you? How does it feel? Um, yeah, just go through but, the whole process. That was late January, early February. I was actually down in Indianapolis speaking at an event at the NCAA headquarters. Uh, and I was having dinner the night before with another guy that I had worked with at St. Joe. Uh, and we got the notice that the board was going to meet and decide what they were going to do. And, you know, it, it was kind of a punch in the gut to all of us because we didn't, nobody really realized how dire the situation was. That was, I think that was a, a frustration that a lot of alumni voiced is that they never really found out you know, what was really going on until it was too late. Um, and then the next week, uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on on Facebook. They, the, the open meetings that people are posting stuff on Facebook live, all these things that are going on at these meetings and these very heated discussions that are happening. And then when the final hammer came down, um, uh, it was, it felt like somebody died to be honest. It felt like a family member died. Um, and I think everybody, I, having been there as a student and as an employee, I, I, had two different experiences with two different perspectives there. Um, so the first thing I thought of was, you know, there's 200 people that just lost their jobs and, and I know a lot of them, so I, I'm, I'm hurting for them. Uh, and I, I probably felt worse about that than, you know, than my own connection to it just because of, of, of all of that. And, you know, it's just thinking about having to uh, go through, you know, a senior year where that happens and then, you know, you, you have to face all of that and all of the publicity that surrounded it. So um, 
honestly, it, it, it felt like somebody died and it was, it was, it's kind of a mourning process. And I think some people are still going through that. Um, and that's a conversation that, you know, they, they say they're suspended and they're going to try and resurface in some other, uh, some other format, uh, that's still to be determined. But, you know, the thing that made the place special was for me was the people. Um, and, and a lot of those people have had to move on. So, uh, I think we all, the rest of us all kind of have to do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely right. So, um, let's get to something that maybe we haven't really covered before. Um, we both like track and cross country. Mm-hmm. Some people might think it's boring. So how do you kind of, how would you say to those people that have difficulties with sports they might not be interested in? Maybe those niche sports like, like what you're into and I enjoy the cross like I'm into. So what are some things that they can do to kind of help facilitate those roles with something that they don't necessarily enjoy despite it being their job? Well, that's something that, you know, we, we confront here even still because we're adding sports that aren't necessarily you know common across the country we uh, we became one of the first schools in the country to adopt women's triathlon as a varsity sport um we ventured into women's bowling last year we just announced the addition of a women's wrestling program coming up in uh, 2019 um and you know having to introduce those to our audience and tell them why they should be excited about it that can be a bit of a challenge sometimes especially if you're unfamiliar with it so the best thing that you can do really is is showcase how how difficult it is what are these people doing what's their routine for a triathlete you know what's practice like um you know you know i think video is is always the most powerful medium for that and and the more that you can put that out in front of people we've got a really great relationship with our our local community television station which is a, a lot larger more expansive setup than you might expect from a community television station uh, and they help us with a lot of that video presentation. They do a great job with a lot of it. So um, I think that's that's one area, particularly in women's triathlon, uh, where we were able to introduce that on a, on a grand scale. You know, they they really you know, we've got a high profile coach. Uh, we you know won that uh, the first division three national championship back in November. So success definitely helps if mm-hmm. you're if you're good at it. Uh, yeah. You can you can sell that a little bit to people. But I think uh, really just you know from a video perspective, just kind of getting into the nuts and bolts of it uh, and, and making that a little more vivid for people uh, is, is a real great way to communicate that. We've asked this question a, a couple times now for schools in larger cities, um, especially being with a, a D3 school. Uh, what are some strategies or maybe some things that you guys do to kind of show Chicago where you have to compete with Northwestern and even other D3 schools in the area, D2, you, you name it, you guys have it in that whole area. So what are some things that you guys do to kind of showcase what uh, Cardinal Athletics are doing and maybe getting some people to North Central College to watch the games? Well, it's a, it's a challenge for us, not only because we're in a city of 150,000 people, but we're also 30 miles away from Chicago, um, which isn't a huge college sports town. Uh, it's more of a pro sports town. It's, it's hard to get people excited about those kinds of things sometimes. So really, you know, it's about finding opportunities um, whether it's, it's the big rivalries, you know, our, our annual football game with Wheaton College uh, is a big draw for a lot of people. We've been able to get some pre- and post-game coverage uh, with the local newspapers because of, because of that rivalry. Um, you know, certainly winning championships helps, uh, you know, and having uh, – and, and taking those opportunities to make those connections with some of those larger, better-known programs. You know, we have, you know, Al Carius, our cross-country coach, graduated from the University of Illinois, so a lot of times when he wins awards, we're reaching out to them 
and, and sending them that information and, and just start plugging that. The Big Ten Conference has been very gracious in, in helping publicize some of that stuff. Um, you know, our, our baseball coach came over here from Northern Illinois University. He's got a guy that used to play for the Cubs on his staff as our pitching coach, uh, Tim Stoddard. Um, you know, and taking, you know, you know, he's a guy that, you know, there's a lot of stuff floating around about him from his days at NC State. I think he was in their, their team got put into the Hall of Fame. He's the only guy who ever uh, won a World Series and a, a men's basketball uh, championship. Mm. Uh, so, you know, taking our opportunities to, to take that information and repurpose it for our own audiences, uh, connecting it to things that people know, uh, that's, that's a really, it's proved to be a really good strategy for us. Before we get into the next little conversation piece that I have, uh, how did you get involved with COSIDA? Well, I had been looking for an opportunity to get involved in some kind of leadership capacity. I wasn't sure what that was going to take. Uh, I had joined up with the Membership Services Committee right before it was folded, um, and so we didn't hear anything about it for a while. Uh, I got an email that they were changing the focus of that committee. They were going to change it to continuing education. Would I be interested in being involved? So I, it seemed perfect. Uh, I, was at, I thought it was exactly what uh, the organization needed. They're trying to become more of a year-round professional development organization. I said, I'm in. I'll, I'll lead it. I'll follow. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And then they called back, hey, can you be the chair of it? Like, okay. Um, <laughs> who, who else is on the committee? Well, here's the list from the membership services committee that last met formally two years ago. So I, I started with that list. That didn't turn up much. So uh, I just kind of got on the phone. I got on LinkedIn. I put things out on Facebook, trying to figure out who wanted to be involved. Uh, we ended up, I ended up rounding up about you know 15 or 16 people from all different parts of the country. I mean, there was, there was plenty of interest. It was really something that came together fairly quickly. Um, and the goal at that time was to just put some structure around their, their monthly continuing education program. At the time it was just a conference call. Um, but it was, it, the scheduling was very irregular. The, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of notice. It was, it was a hard thing to promote and get people, uh, connected to. So that was the initial goal was just to create and create some structure and get it, you know, plenty of advanced notice for presenters, allow the organization to promote it. And, and, and it's kind of taken off from there. We uh, expanded into the, the webinars uh, with the video and everything, which I think was a, an appropriate move. It's uh, definitely easier for us to track things like who's on the, who's on the webinars. Um, and I think the, the, Viewership has definitely grown as we've been able to adopt a, a consistent schedule at the same time uh, during the week. So it, it was, I, I didn't set out specifically to do, to do that, but it was like you know the lightning bolt hit, and it was it was just kind of the perfect place at the right time. Awesome. So you essentially started the uh, the committee from scratch. Um, when you first started doing everything that you're doing, trying to engage members and everything, what how has it kind of evolved since when you first started to what it is now with the webinars? Well, I think it's probably easier for us to get presenters now that it's, it's, it's kind of developed its own brand. It's got a sponsor, um, and, and plenty of, um, plenty of members of, of the COSIDA leadership have been on, um, you know, we were very fortunate. We, one of our goals this year was to expand beyond the membership, uh, for our presenters this year. We had a great, uh, uh, the athletic director of the university of Florida was on for, uh, about an hour uh, talking about uh, career planning and assessment, um, which was a really good get for us. 
Um, it's, it's probably easier for us to get people now. Um, one, because we're on a consistent schedule. Two, because we really just we reach out with plenty of advance notice. And, and three, because uh, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of adopted its own brand now. So for those that maybe haven't heard of it, maybe haven't engaged with it a little bit, what is the kind of the purpose of it? I mean, what do you guys do? You mentioned webinars, but what do you guys kind of – I've been on one. But for those that don't know, what what uh, is the purpose and what is kind of like – how what is exactly a continuing education webinar? Uh, it's it, – we try to cover, you know, as many sides of, of the sports information athletic communications profession as we can, the different challenges that are facing uh, SIDs today. Uh, whether it's um, you know writing skills, whether it's you know figuring out what your career path should be, whether it's uh, you know design, social media. You know we had uh, the year that all the basketball rules got changed. We had a, a webinar on that with people from the NCAA to explain all those to people who are staffing scorers tables and things like that. How that's all going to function? That was probably the most popular one we've ever done. Um, how do you fill out a budget request? You know, yeah. what kind of things do you need to put in that? How, how far in advance do you need to do it? Um, you know, right. everything from managing an office to staffing games to, to managing your own career. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of questions that people have. And uh, so we, we try our best to, to answer those. There, a lot of those come from COSIDA convention surveys. Um, some of them are just submitted to us on from people on their own. Um, we do lean on some of our committees to partner with us uh, for things like that, things like Job Seekers and the Goodwill and Wellness Committee. Uh, the Diversity Inclusion Committee was on recently. So, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot out there uh, that you can tackle, and we try to, to, to find the, the, the most pertinent issues for right now. Um, and, and while still being flexible, if something does come up uh, that's going to affect the, the, the larger sports information community, I think the NCAA's announcement about their new statistical platform that they're adopting is something that uh, will probably end up getting covered fairly soon because that's that's coming quickly. Uh, so and that's something that's going to affect all of us. Uh, so that's that's kind of the uh, the focus there is to try and look at all sides of, of the profession and how we can be doing them better. What do you plan on taking with these webinars and everything? I mean, what do you have planned in the future? Well, I, I'm actually stepping down from the position at the end of the academic year. Um, I'm handing that off to a gentleman named Nick Guerrero over at American University in Washington, D.C. And uh, I'm leaving that to, to him to kind of plan a little bit. And um, I think he's going to be working on some programming that's more targeted for younger members of the organization. And um, I think that they're going to start there, certainly. Um, that's going to be their prerogative uh, to, to go forward with. But I think that's one of the areas they're definitely looking to plan for is, is some foundational stuff for, for, for younger members of the organization who are new, who are new to it. Yeah, so what's going to be your next challenge after that? Well, we'll see. Um, there's, there's certainly uh, – the great thing about COSIDA is that there's always room for people to get involved if, if, if you want to. Um, so it's just about figuring out that next step. Um, and whether whether it's at the committee level, whether it's uh, at the board level, whether it's at the divisional level, um, so that's that's something that probably I'm going to be talking to people about at the convention this year uh, in Washington D.C. at the end of June. Perfect. So I'd like to transition to part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Okay. Uh, first one I have for you, Clark, is a favorite memory in your professional tenure. Um, it was actually fairly recently. The uh, last year. Um, 
last academic year, we hosted the uh, Division Three Indoor Track and Field Championships uh, on our campus, and uh, three of the young men on our team who were competing in it uh, actually worked for me uh, as students, and uh, they were uh, they went into the last event. Two of them ran on the four by four hundred relay uh, with the meat hanging in the balance, knowing they had to finish at a certain point uh, to 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 win the championship, uh, and. Uh, our coach went and told him that before the, the race, which he initially later said he probably shouldn't have done, but uh, they reacted to it you know, pretty well, uh, and they ended up winning. They ended up tying for first place to win the national championship at home, um, knowing full well what they needed to do to do it. And uh, just to see that, uh, these people that I had developed a relationship with in, in, in another area, and, and just to, to see that and achieve the goal that they had set for themselves since they stepped on campus because they knew that meet was coming. Uh, and then I got to take a picture of them with, with the trophy. It's, it's actually back there on the wall. So um, that was that was a really special moment for me. We've, we've been fortunate to win about 13 national titles uh, in the 10 or so years that I've been here. Uh, but that one was a really special one for me. I'm just curious. You, you got cross-country and track guys on your staff. <laughs> Excuse me, and you're a cross country and track coach for BNL, which is that uh, to me. But what is it like trying to like walk that fine line? Like you know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? And then they're they're just trying. Do you kind of give them a pep talk? Do you kind of coach people a little bit as far as that, or do you kind of like have to hold back? Um, I think I think the coaching instinct honestly comes in my management of the office here. Um, because a, a big part of coaching is, is doing things in progression. When you're introducing a new concept, you, know, you have to start with the basic elements and then work your way up, which is kind of how we've adopted a lot of what we do with student workers here in the office. Uh, you know, Everybody pretty much starts out doing the same things, and then they can move on to areas where they have particular interest or aptitude, and they can specialize a little bit. So uh, I think that's where my coaching instincts are, are taking root. Uh, in terms of uh, the guys on the team here in the office, uh, our coaches are more than good enough to, to handle that themselves. They don't, they don't need me doing any of that. Yeah, awesome. So uh, we just talked a little bit about your, uh, your favorite memory. What about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story? Uh, horror story, uh, probably, uh, I, I talk to my staff a lot about horror stories uh, and, 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 and the value that, that it can have. Um, and making sure that you know you're prepared for things. Uh, the first, this was back when I was in college. I was a uh, you know stringer. as I one of the first high school basketball games I ever covered, and I did my interview with the coach after the game, and wrapped up, got done, went out to my car, hit the play button, and there's nothing on the recorder. <laughs> And so I just sat there in the parking lot, got my notepad out, and just wrote down everything I could remember him saying. And while, while it was fresh in my mind, and and that way I still had something to go with. So uh, that actually happened uh, to one of the folks in here recently. And I said, just start writing. Like, they get, just write it right now. Don't do anything else. So uh, I think we've all had technology go down. Um, and uh, you know, to be able to, to kind of think on your feet and improvise is, an, is a really important quality. You just kind of touched on it there for a minute, but how important is it to kind of have those horror stories? Um, it's it's they're good reference to have. It, it it helps you to remember that you know 
everything doesn't necessarily have to go perfectly for you to get things done. Uh, you know, there's 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 more than one way you know to, to make things happen and and and, and fill your responsibilities and, and that's just that's just life. Um, you know, having those kinds of things happen. So uh, the the ability to to respond to a situation like that. Uh, that's something that's going to benefit you, you know, whatever you end up doing. You know, if uh, a situation comes up in, in your personal life, at home, whatever's going on, that you know you'll be able to, to adapt and handle it. So it's, a, it's definitely a life skill. What's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Walk into an office of somebody like me and ask what you can do. There's a surprising number of students. Uh, sometimes I have to reach out to them a little bit and see if they're interested in working in here. And uh, they, they don't always realize how easy it is to get a job in an office like this one. Generally, I, I tend not to turn anybody away who walks in and asks me what they can do. Um, so if that, that, that would be the biggest thing is just uh, go in and uh, show some initiative and, and ask what you can do. And uh, more often than not, you'll get put to work. Uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Oh, lots of things. Um, the one, the one specialty position that I hire is graphic design. We're fortunate to have a graphic design program here at North Central, so I hire students to do a lot of that heavy lifting for us, and that's something that I, I'm always trying to get them to teach me. And, and sometimes they don't quite understand that. That uh, yes, I run the office, but I'm trying to learn from you right now, and so. That sometimes is a confidence booster for them because they can see that you know they're 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 owning something that that's really important to what we do. So that's that's something that's changing all the time as well, as we all know. Um, that's definitely uh, an area where you know I could sit down and do it, but it would take me forever, uh-huh. and I don't have that kind of time. So uh, we're always trying to develop skills. Um, I'm always trying to, to find ways to make the office work more efficiently to make people. Uh, pick up what we're doing a little faster. Um, we've recently relocated into uh, what was a, a classroom space, so I've got a little more space to work with, so we're going to be able to try and implement some new things as far as uh, instruction and, and get, getting new people on board in more of a group setting rather than the one-on-one stuff we've been doing. Uh, what makes a good SID? Um, somebody who's organized, uh, who's industrious, who's always looking to uh, see what else that they can do. Um, somebody who who's got a thick skin. Uh, you know, we work in emotionally charged environments sometimes, and you, you see people uh, behaving differently than they would behave maybe in the office from eight to five. Um, and and you have to be able to maintain relationships with those people and and find ways uh, to work together and get your job done. So. Um, being able to roll with those kinds of things and, and make sure that you you, you plan properly. Um, you know, with we're up to 27 sports here, and there's only 24 hours in a day, so uh, I have to make sure that we plan out you know well in advance. Uh, and we do plan for some things that end up not happening. That's that's part of sports. You don't always know what's going to happen. So uh, that that's been a part for me that's really given us an advantage and made sure that we uh, are ready for anything that comes up. Uh, work life balance. What do you do to have fun? Um, well, my wife and I enjoy traveling. Uh, I've become, uh, something of a home cook. I, I really enjoy cooking. It's kind of a creative outlet for me. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think it's important that, that you find something else that you can put creativity into, um, some, whether it, you know, whatever form that might take, uh, I try to make sure to, 
to, to make sure I exercise and, and do all those kind of things to take care of my, myself because, you know, you're going to put in some, some long hours and sometimes that uh, you're not going to be able to, to you know, eat properly and things like that. But if you're, if you've been, you know, maintaining your body and, and, and you know, keeping yourself uh, with, a, with a healthy routine, uh, you can respond to those things a little better and it's not going to beat you up quite so much on the back end. I know you're, you just mentioned that you're a little bit of a chef there, but if so, next time someone's in the Naperville area, uh, they got to watch that. All, I watched a, a documentary one time, I think, on the North Central cross-country team for some reason. So if you got to go up there and watch them, next time someone's in Naperville, uh, what's your restaurant or bar recommendation? Uh, the Crosstown Pub, which is actually just north of downtown a little bit, um, the, the, the wings there are, are fantastic. They're these massive hand-cut wings. They're half price on Thursdays. You really just can't go wrong. Perfect. And uh, if anybody had any like questions for you, maybe they wanted to follow up with you after this, what would be the best way to do it? Uh, well, my uh, email address is on the North Central website, northcentralcardinals.com. Um, my Twitter handle is getafterit. Uh, and yeah, either way would be, would be great. I'm always happy to, to answer questions from, from anybody who's learned. Awesome. Well, Clark, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Well, guys, there you have it. That was episode number 77. Number 78 as we start nearing number 100. Uh, is my Cosida mentor, mentee program person. He's kind of my mentor. He's not really my mentee. That'd be kind of weird. But uh, Matt Turk from Cal State Northridge uh, on the pod. So be sure to look out for that. Email me anytime, sportsinfocast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at sportsinfocast on both of those platforms. And as always, guys, I hope you enjoyed. And I'll thank you all for listening. I'll catch you all in the next episode.